How many read the Bible? Good for you. Awesome. No matter where you're at in your journey with the Lord, there's always something new to learn. Right? We should never stop learning or seeking, uh, desiring our, to hear a fresh word from the Lord. I don't know about you, but fresh bread I grew up on. My mother was a baker, and she had seven kids. I'm the last of the seven, okay? And I got in on that good baking, bread, rolls. I mean, she was a, a cook of just... When we came home from Sunday, oftentimes the roast was already in the oven and the whole house would be filled. Now I'm making you hungry. Um, But hopefully you can be hungry for the Lord. Amen? Hungry for the Lord because God is desiring a people. He desires in his heart for a people who want him. Who wants first and foremost... To know him, to have his blessing. How many want his blessing? He wants to give you his blessing. He wants you to want him. He wants you to have him enthroned upon the heart of your hearts. When it comes all down to it, when it comes down to the last draw, to the last breath you draw, it would be that on our heart that we would say, I serve the Lord. I believe in Jesus. Everyone is in good hands with our Lord. Our nation, some of you are hot, maybe. No, you're okay. (laughs) Just have it. Some of you go, yeah. There are fans. I don't know if it's, you know, so you're okay. We'll just keep going. If you start sweating, I'm just going to keep going, okay? Um, I had a pastor I grew up with. He'd roll up his sleeves, especially on Sunday nights. Uh, it would get hot in the sanctuary. We didn't have air conditioning, but we had air, and the windows would be open. And I think there was more than for one reason the windows were open in the little church in town of Aiken. And so that the whole community could hear the praises of God's people, we would get loud. <laughs> and the pastor would preach hard and loud. And something was happening because Jesus uh, was in the place. And I remember, I remember our pastor would change the words in some of the hymn books. This is for one example. I don't know if you guys would ever remember this song. Since Jesus came into our heart, right? Some of you remember that. Well, pastor, my pastor was saying, since Jesus came into our town, the devil is wearing a frown. Oh, we'd get into it. Then he'd laugh and he'd carry on and... I got some of that in me, a little bit. But I'm a quiet man by nature. God is good. He's worth serving. He's worth living for. He is alive. There is life after death. There is heaven for those who believe. We don't want to go the other place. That's, that's for the, the unbelievers. That's a terrible place of suffering and a place called hell. Jesus warned people about it. 
and he warned people. And we can, we can, we must keep, I guess my, my thinking is, do I want people to, to be in heaven? I, should, I think we all want people to be in heaven. God wants people to be in heaven. He doesn't want people to miss out. And so our text, we're going to go to the Old Testament for a bit. And now, one of the, one of the major prophets is Jeremiah, right? You, you've heard of that guy? And he, he is a young man. In the first chapter, God is speaking at verse 5 of Jeremiah 1. And he says this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet in the nations. Then I said, Jeremiah said, Then I, I said, Alas, Lord, God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I'm a youth. How many know God uses young people? Right now we have a young lady, Ashley, in Estonia from the Mixer family. And that far, far away. Where's Estonia? Well, it's sort of kind of by up by Sweden below there, I think. Up in that Russia area. <laughs> we were trying to figure that out. But she's there for a season. My daughter is leaving tomorrow for Poland and uh, on a team, another missionary trip. She just got back from Vietnam, but she just loves to go places. God wants to use us even here in our our community. You might meet someone today who you can tell about Jesus. Be ready. Listen. God is looking for a willing vessel. And Jeremiah is saying, I'm too young, I can't speak. Guess what? That's a good thing. Because I will speak to you. Guess what, Jeremiah? It's not because of your ability. It's because of your availability. If you will avail yourself to me, I will do great and mighty things. I will speak to you. So do not say I'm a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I, I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. Oftentimes fear is that thing that holds us back from not going or not wanting to share the things of God. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. You see, it's very similar, very similar to Isaiah's calling. Remember, Isaiah saw the Lord in the sixth chapter high and lifted up and he felt so, so unworthy, he fell down saying, I'm a man of unclean lips. But God touched him. And made things right. Let me say this. When you come to Jesus, he makes things right. 
no matter what we've done in the past, no matter how bad we think it is, no matter how wondering if God could ever forgive us, there is redemption, there is forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, the cross was there. He was nailed to a cross. His blood was shed so that we can all be forgiven and be made right in the right and right you are in right relationship with him because you believe on Jesus. It's not a matter how you feel. It's not a matter of what your emotions. It's what God's word says. And Jeremiah said, he, he, the, word, the Lord stretched out his hand. He touched my mouth. Something happened. Jeremiah was no longer the same. Jeremiah was no longer could be quiet. In fact, a part of Jeremiah says this, the word that was coming to him was like fire shut up in his bones. He could not help but speak for the things of God, though he would face very many hard trials. If you ever read Jeremiah, you go, whoa, this man doesn't quit. Many others perhaps would have just forget it. Is it worth it? Being in the stocks, being beaten, being, being thrown into an old well, sunk into mud, left for dead, sinking in a miry clay. Aren't you glad Jesus comes? And she's glad Jesus came for us. And we are nothing but earthen vessels. Earthen vessels. You see, all through history as we read the Bible, God has been reaching out to people ever since the beginning. Adam and Eve were created. God was had everything perfect. Every there was before sin entered. Everything was absolutely perfect. You couldn't have it was heaven on earth. Everything was there for you. And curiosity, and the devil, of course, tempting. They fell into sin. What happened after they sinned? They saw the, their nakedness. They, they saw that well, sin. Uh, they, they were, eyes were open to their nakedness. They didn't know it wasn't anything to it before. It was perfect. And then God uh, came looking for them. He already knew. And here's the thing about it. God already knew before the foundations of the earth, before he ever created anything, that Jesus would come to die and give us life. Mind-blowing, isn't it? Mind-boggling. I would say, why bother God? Why bother? But God so loved the world. God shows himself over and is trying to show himself over and over to a stubborn nation, to a people that have resisted him over time and time and time. And then Jesus comes, gives his life, and still many do not understand. We still have the work before us. We still have the mission of the church of Jesus Christ is to go and make disciples. You, by your testimony, when you go to the workplace, when you live it in your home, when you demonstrate it in the marketplaces of life, how you conduct business all adds up to your walk with Jesus Christ. You are making a difference. Jesus is making a difference through you. Keep on. 
keep doing what you're doing because there is a purpose for you now that you're saved. Now you have a purpose. We become a vessel for him. So number one, what was Jeremiah's calling? He was called to be a prophet, which means he spoke for God. He spoke the things that God told him to speak. He was called to go and proclaim. Chapter 2, verse 2 says this. Go and proclaim in the, in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord. Wow. And what he says to them, he says, I remember concerning you the devotion of your youth, I lo- the love of your betrothals, your, your following after me in the wilderness. He, he's telling them, remind them, they were once people who followed me. Remember your first harvest. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first of his harvests. All who ate of it became guilty. Evil came upon them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Judah. And he just keeps going on and on, laying out their history and laying out what happened to them. Listen. We know America was founded upon the principles of God's word because there were godly leaders that read the Bible and prayed to the God we know. We must be reminded of where we have come from. This applies to so many directions that we wonder, well, this was for the Israelites. This is for the nation of Israel. But wait a minute. The church of Jesus Christ is grafted in to the entire race that follow after Jesus become one. We become one nation. We become one people. And though there are many tribes, tongues, and different nationalities, we become one in Christ. And therefore, the message applies to us. Jeremiah was asked, to go down to a potter's house in Jeremiah chapter 18. The message, the messenger was going to get a message. I like it when God's people get a message, when it's real, it's the real thing. And what the message was in Jeremiah 18, where there was a potter there, making something of a vessel on the wheel. But God was saying, I'm, I don't like this vessel. I don't like how it turned out. So I'm going to break this vessel and remake. And he was representing the nation of Israel. And I would say we can apply it to God's people in general, the church of Jesus Christ all around the world. God is wanting us to be tender, moldable, teachable, coming with uh, attention to him, saying, what is it, Lord, you want me to hear today? What is it, Lord, that you're teaching? What is it that you're saying to me? Lest I get stuck in my way, lest I get stuck into my routines and believe I've done my thing, so therefore I could just kind of go on. You know what I'm saying? We can get so casual and comfortable that sometimes we begin to forget what is the passion of God? What is the passion? What is the desires of God's heart for us today? What is it that he's saying to the church of Jesus? We read in Scripture, Jeremiah 2.1, Now the Lord 
the word of the Lord came to him saying, go and proclaim. Go and tell the people, thus saith the Lord. We're talking about reminding us. Sometimes history repeats itself. We see a, a people that once loved God a couple, three generations over, and all of a sudden they don't even know who God is. How does that happen? What, ha- what has to take place? Well, what takes place is a cooling off, a little by little, a little slack, a little, a little sleep, a so- a Proverbs says, a little sleep, a little slumber, what he's referring to as a person not keeping up and keeping, maintaining, listen, I don't know about you, but I think the Lord wants us to be more than maintain. And he wants us to excel, right? He wants us not just to kind of keep, look nice and go through the routine, but he wants us to be people that kind of, they kind of shake things up a little bit. Like the people that, 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 that are in tune, that, that they have something to say because they're, they're walking with God. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about adding to the, the, the scripture because we can't add to it. But I'm talking about there is an emphasis that the, the, the word of God is burning in their heart because we are, we are a blessed people. Did you know uh, most of the people in, in this time did not have all that we have right now? We didn't ha- we didn't, they didn't have the advantage that you and I have. We have so much more going for us, the church of Jesus Christ. We're on the other side of the cross. And we can understand. And the other thing is that the helper is here. Who's the helper? Yes. Yes. I will send the helper. The fact that you can understand is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? He's working in you. When you open your heart to it, you just begin to believe. God, have your way. I'm going to step out, Lord. If there's somewhere you want me to go, if there's a neighbor you want me to, is there someone hurting in my, in my community? Is there someone in my family that you're prompting me to pray for in the middle of the night? Is there, some, is there, is there a need? The Holy Spirit orchestrates your mind and your heart. The thoughts that you're having, oftentimes, you st- sometimes, We don't know, is that you, Lord? Is that me? Listen, begin to ask God to make it clear. And you say, I'm listening, Lord. If you have to be like a Samuel, who had not yet learned the voice of the Lord. Be like Samuel, say, Lord, here I am. What what do you mean, Pastor? Does God speak to you? I don't ever heard his audible voice, but I hear him in in the word. I, I, I hear him speaking to me through his written word. Number one, written word cannot err from it. God never contradicts his word. And if, it, if you can see it through the scriptures and understand it through the written word of God, you're going to be safe. And he will lead you in the right way to go. Jeremiah is the guy who was inspired by the Holy Spirit was writing to the nation of Israel in the 29th chapter. And so many of you have heard this over and over again. He said, I know the plans I have for you, right? I know the plans that I have for you to give you a future and hope. And that you will come and pray to me 
goes on. He's speaking to a nation. After he had talked about destruction, after he had talked about, if you do not turn to me, God is going to judge. God will bring this nation to its knees. God will bring judgment. What is God? Why does he do that? Because he wants to awaken a people. He wants to awaken people before it's too late, before he comes back. Oh, Lord, help us as a nation. I'm believing for end-time revival. I'm believing for that there are remnants across our nation, peoples of faith, people that are praying, people that are walking with God, that we're going to have a harvest, some kind of harvest, and before it's all over, and it may cost. It may be some hard times. Let's not be afraid. Jeremiah's word says, don't be afraid. Stand. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Be, don't be afraid. Speak what I tell you to speak. Be. Men notice, be. Be. Acts 1. You shall be my witnesses, right? Well, I used to be terrified when the pastor would talk, we're going to go door to door. You know, in the good old days. And that's okay. What worked then may not necessarily work. I don't know. If it works for you, do it. But I believe that God, the Holy Spirit, can go before us and we can walk through the doors that He opens us. And that will be fruit. There will be evidence that God has already been at work. Many times I've been. Surprise, so to speak. God had already been at work. It wasn't as hard as I thought it was. It was. It went better than I thought. You know, talking to people about Jesus. So the message. What is the message for us today? What is it that we are to be speaking? This is the. This is the day and the hour. We're we are walking, with Jesus, who is coming back for His church. He has come already first, right? He's come one. We know that through the birth of the Virgin Mary that he was born into this world. The scriptures speak over and over again about uh, even an Old Testament that would be a Messiah that would come. And that Messiah, New Testament proves and shows that it is Jesus, that Christ, the Son of the living God, who has come for, for his people. Secondly, he is coming back. And only the Father knows, the Bible says, he's coming back for his people, for his church, for those who believe. So what is the message? The message is that Jesus has paid the price in full to the cross. That the cross is the foundation of, our, of, the, of the message that we may have differences in opinions about Old Testament uh, Verses, and we may have differences about prophecy and revelation. We may try to figure things out. But the clearest thing we can see is Jesus coming back for his church. Acts chapter 1. As you saw him go up, he will come back. And the scripture says in Paul in First Thessalonians that he's going to come in the clouds. With a shout, with a voice. Jesus is coming back for his church. The message then for us is what kind of people ought we to be? 
First John says we are to be a holy people looking for the, the second coming of the Lord. Remember was Jeremiah's message. Trying to jog their memory. Maybe there were a few that were trying to follow the ways of God. But the, but the, mass, the, the, the masses and the mass majority of the people that we see in Jeremiah were, were on the wrong road. They were offering even their children to other gods. They had turned so far from God that it was just like not even a thought in their mind. And how long-suffering our Lord has been that he keeps on reaching down for a people. Revelation says, two, chapter 2, verse 5, Remember, therefore, from where your heart, where you have fallen, and repent and do the deeds you did at first. What a verse. He's talking to the church. He's talking to a people. Let's stay close to him. Let's not get off track. Let's not get uh, caught up with just being in America. Let's seek the face of God. America needs Jesus. Amen. America needs to understand the one and only true God. We've got to be the the people that demonstrated over and daily walk with God. And you're doing that when you show up on on the job, on time, when you do the extra things that nobody ever even asked you to do, you're, you're reflecting the servitude of Jesus Christ. When you go to the marketplace and you're so kind, you let someone else go before you, all those gestures lead up to a message that's greater to serve than to be served. And this is why so often the world doesn't get it. Why would... Why would people take time off work to go to a foreign place? Why would people stop what they're doing to help someone else? It's because it's exactly what Jesus did. When all heaven came to a halt. And Jesus himself came into this world. Can you imagine what heaven was like for a bit? Can you? I'm just thinking of this is big stuff. He's down on the earth. And now he's going to live and he's going to die. Their hope that he will see him again. And he will be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And access to the ones you pierced. Peter preached a powerful message. The ones you, you pierced. And the, the, the scripture said that they were pierced to the heart. It would, they were just, mm, it was like a, like a piercing. They, they, they cried out. Some of them cried out. But others wanted to do away with the messenger. All through history, the messenger has been oftentimes not very popular. Oftentimes beat up. The prophet that speaks for God. That speaks for God. Sometimes we may feel like we're the only one in the marketplace or the workplace. I know there's young people that go to school and they feel like they're the only one. They can't find a Christian friend. If they do find one, they're not really living it. Maybe they're one way this 
with this friend or another way with this friend. And have you been through that? Have you had kids come home and, and go through the struggles? You see it. And what we need is moms and dads and grandparents and the body of Christ to be encircling around them with prayer, encouraging them on, believing in them, speaking the blessing of God upon them, saying, good job, keep it up, saying through Christ, you can do all things. And Paul himself was such a passionate, after he was born again and safe, such a passionate role model for Christ. And he goes, begins to list off in Philippians chapter 3, begins to list off all the credentials and all the stuff that he had. But in sort of a way that was just, a, he just mentions that he's been trained, he said, learn, he's, a, he's like a Pharisee, he has all this stuff. But it comes down to this one statement. It doesn't mean a thing. Except that I might know Jesus. People are not interested in, in your degrees. Right? They might say, well, that's nice. But they're interested in your heart. They're interested, do you care? Do you understand what I'm going through? Would you listen and help me process what I'm facing? Is there a God? If you say there's a God, then why would he let this happen? Will you hear it? You hear it. Why would he let this happen and take place? Listen. Maybe many people don't understand. There is a devil. There is an evil one. He's coming to kill. He wants to kill and destroy and get people to destroy themselves if he can. And he wants the church to slack off in their prayer time because he knows that's the weapons of our warfare. He wants you to slack off in your Bible reading because you become kind of casual and ineffective. But we have news. We are going to be a warrior. We're going to stay fit. We're going to discipline ourselves for godliness. We're going to march with Jesus. We're going to stand and say, yes, I will follow him. I will walk with you. The message is still much the same as John the Baptist proclaimed. Repentance. Repentance. Repent. It's not not a popular word. Repentance basically means turn from what the direction you're going and go the other way. Go in a better way. Go on the narrow road that leads to life. Broad is a road that leads to destruction. And there is a way in which we ought to walk. There is a way in which we ought to talk. I mean, seriously. There is a way in which we ought to respond. And it's the way that Jesus demonstrated that he laid down his life. That he's not willing that any should perish. Jeremiah spoke to a, an obstinate people. I wonder how he was able to keep on except God would show up and God would come upon him. You see, in the Old Testament time, the Holy Spirit would come upon the prophet. New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And the more you pray and you seek, the more he begins to work and give you things to say and give you the idea, give you the mindset, give you the wisdom give you the leading, the message. In Jeremiah's t- time to the people was to return to him. 
the message today for the church and people across our land is to return to me. Make me the first love. Make me the one whom you desire the most. God is still calling people. God is still wanting us to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, that it would be authentic, that it would be real, that we would take it to the marketplaces of life. When things always aren't exactly the way you planned it, when things don't always go exactly the way you thought, remember when the prophet uh, Naaman, Naaman the guy who had leprosy, remember that guy, Naaman? He was, he, he says in Scripture, and I thought he would just come out and say these words and I would be healed. What do you mean I got to go down to the Jordan and dip in that murky, muddy water? Pukey water, right? Naaman, remember? Finally, he, a little girl spoke to him and encouraged him. And, wow, the guy finally turned his tune. Now that's what I have to do. And he dipped one seven times. Interesting numbers, God yes. Quickly he was cleansed. Oh Lord. Oh, we stand before God sometimes thinking this is the way it ought to happen. God, if I were you, I'd just do it like this. Right? And just do it. Right? I've got it all planned out. Well, wait a minute. Jeremiah said, I knew you before I formed you, and all the days that were written for you in your book, in the book. You know what Psalms 139 has a similar reference? That he has all the days written for us, even in our, unfor- in our unformed uh, bodies. It's speaking to Preper. Re- read it, Psalm 139. The first part is that I know all about you, even your thoughts are far off. I, I understand you better than yourself. Why do we try to argue with God? I know you don't, you don't argue with God. It, you listen. You, you want to hear. I just want to hear you, Lord. And I got to, I'm just, oftentimes as human as anyone else, I got to dig through, part the stuff, the closet, clutter in my head. Right? And it happens because you're in life. You have to sort out, you have to figure out what am, I'm not focusing like I should. Help me, Lord. I keep coming back. If it takes seven times, and whatever it takes, Lord, I'm going to get the touch. I need your touch. How many know what I'm talking about? I want the touch. When you know that Lord touches you, you're never the same. And that's what it's all about. That's the message, that he comes to touch us right where we're at. No, no preconceived ideas. It's another day can be another, the greatest day in your life. We could have the touch of the Lord. It can be one of those days with just the ordinary things of life. And all of a sudden, the touch of the Lord, you sense his nearness. And all of a sudden, you have rest. There's peace. How could the prophet keep going back to the stubbornness, ignorant people? Because he was doing what God had called him to. And there's just something about keep on doing, believing and loving God and loving people. 
boiled down all this stuff comes down to this. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. God is preparing a place for you. But during your time here, when things are not always working out, just remember, he's teaching us to trust and to learn to hear from him. And though the things that bother you right now will no more bother, someday will be no more bother, will be no more trouble, no more sickness, no more having to figure out because you're leaning on him. Heaven starts now. Your walk with God is the beginning now. Well, someday we're going to be changed. Yes, we're changing now. We are. Because God is always at work.